0: everybody and welcome in to another edition of the Second Golf Man podcast. I'm Chris, your host for today, and I am with Calvin, who is now playing the co-host role. He's got a, a bit of a sore jaw, but uh, we're ready to get into this. We've got a good, exciting show ahead of us.
1: Yeah, I'm excited. Let's go, Chris. The main host for today. My jaw mm-hmm. is hurting because of my wisdom teeth procedure, but I'm here. But I, it's the main host role is hard. I just took some ibuprofen. I was like, it, pain is on and off. These last few days, I've been hopped up on meds, but good enough to at least join the show for today. So thank you, Chris, mm-hmm. for taking on the hosting role. This yeah, is going to be so... a fun week. We're doing both the shows together this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pardon us. This might not be our greatest
0: quality in terms of like how we're speaking. The information is going to be as good as ever, but uh, I have not been on the podcast in a few episodes and now I'm thrust back into this uh, main host role. So sorry, I, I'm, I'm sure my <laughs> timing was off on the uh, intro there, but uh,
1: you know, I've got Calvin like spot on, I think. Oh really? (laughs) It's muscle memory at
0: this point. Over a hundred episodes, this whole show. But uh, and then Calvin, yes, with his wisdom teeth procedure, it was pretty funny. I I will definitely not share because Calvin would be so embarrassed. But I have so many great pictures now of Calvin after his wisdom
1: teeth yeah i don't even know if i'm gonna be able to do sports talk uh when this is releasing today on tuesday because the uh um how the, how stupid i look i don't know if i'm gonna be able to go live on youtube for a half hour to let the whole world <laughs> yeah no calvin you gotta move your
0: uh pop filter like right in front of your face so no one can see anything <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'll use this use yeah. the pop filter all right okay are you ready to get into it yeah okay so we're starting off with some reactions we're talking full ppr leagues as always guys and uh I don't know. Let's start with some of the NFL scores from the week. Let me just pull these up quickly. So I guess I'll just go through a few of them. Calvin, feel free to stop me if you want to talk about any uh one specific game. Sorry, my computer's being a little bit weird here. Okay, here we go. So um the Patriots beat the Falcons 25 to zero. That was a very impressive, a dominating win for a Falcons team that I mean has not been that bad this year. They just the Patriots just absolutely dominated, held them to zero points. Um Ravens, Bears, Ravens won 16-13. Vikings defeated the Packers 34 to 31. The Colts beat the Bills in a blowout 41 to 15. That was a surprising one. Definitely. We'll be talking about some of the the fantasy players from that game. Um, My Lions Browns. the Browns took that one 13 to 10, just a pretty much a poor game from both sides. Uh, Just the lines were a little bit worse. Washington and the Panthers, Washington won that one 27 to 21. The Texans in a surprise down the Titans, 22 to 13. And the 49ers again, or not, I guess that was not too surprising, but, uh, 49ers beat the Jaguars 30 to 10. Dolphins took down the Jets 24 to 17. The Eagles beat the Saints 40 to 29. Bengals beat the Raiders 32 to 13. And the Cowboys and Chiefs in a quite an odd score. Chiefs took that one 19 to 9. Cardinals, Seahawks, Cardinals won 23 to 13. And the Chargers beat the Steelers 41 to 37. We've got one lame game left on Monday Night Football. My New York football Giants are going to take on the uh, fucking years,
1: So And you guys already know what happens in that one, but we do not. As yeah, the no, we, we do not.
0: Happen. But, I, I mean, I am pretty confident it's going to be a Giants win. So <laughs> we can just discuss it as if, like, we know the Giants are going to win. You know? Yeah,
1: you can do. seem really stupid right now pretending that the Giants are going to win. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds fair. Yeah, these were interesting games over the weekend. Yeah, for, I think as for, like, Patriots-Falcons, it was, like – it was – The Falcons offense has just been so inconsistent, especially without Calvin Ridley, without Julio Jones. It's really showed they can't consistently put up points like they used to in past years. And so that's why you can't trust guys like Kyle Pitts as much to be at least completely consistent. He only had three catches in this one for 29 yards. That was a struggle. Yeah, there are a bunch of other interesting games. I mean, Cowboys and Chiefs, definitely not what we expected from that one going 19 to 9 in what was supposed to be a shootout between two high powered offenses. I mean, yeah, there's like a lot to talk about from this week, but we have got it all in reactions, booms and bust games from all four positions. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, geez, I'm just still
1: amazed the Houston Texans took down the
0: Titans 22 to 13. (laughs) And then the Colts absolutely just walloping a Bills team that we thought at once was good, but they've only beat one team over 500 this year. So maybe they're a pretender.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, really interesting scores. And the Colts have had a nice little resurgence now i guess they're like five mm-hmm. and five on the year um yeah or six and five excuse me yeah i mean the bills have been inconsistent but the colts have now been coming yeah back i think the I colts started off
0: one and four i that yeah might i'm not 100 percent sure on that but i think that's what it was
1: yeah it was i know it was oh and three so yeah that sounds right but yeah they've been on a been on a tear as of late and carson wentz has quietly been like a solid quarterback over these mm-hmm. last few games oh yeah definitely all right want to hop into the uh reactions yeah sure Okay, I guess, oh man, this is like so out of, because I have the drops with me, I have the soundboard, but Chris is like leading into mm-hmm. the segment, so I'm not sure when to click it. Okay, do you want me to click yeah. it now? Okay, okay, time to get into reactions. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was kind of a weird transition. Welcome to reactions, everybody.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was a pretty shaky transition, I'd say, you but uh, probably just anyways, moved it out. we made it to the other side. And uh, let's take a look at some big QB weeks here, Calvin.
1: Okay. Yeah. I mean, the quarterback one on the week was Justin Herbert putting up 382 passing yards, three touchdowns against the Pittsburgh Steelers, 90 rushing yards as well. This is, I mean, I didn't actually like know if Herbert got like a long run in this one or if he was just running the ball effectively, but I mean, he is sneakily mobile quarterback and he has been someone Mm -hmm. who's been a little more inconsistent in his second season, but just really putting up huge numbers against Pittsburgh, showing what he's capable of. He's just his like, he's just like overflowing with young talent. Has incredible arm, athleticism, and talent. Again, can run the football and makes good reads. And is really just like poised. He has that feel about him, that veteran feel, even though he's only in his second season in the NFL. That can lead a team uh, like he just did to a forty-one to thirty-seven victory. So. I mean, great game from Justin Herbert. I think we should have always been expecting him to bounce back. And, I mean, he really helped some guys on his own team put up great fantasy performances as well.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, just overall from the Chargers, huge fantasy performances from uh, Herbert and Eckler. So this is definitely a scary team. I mean, they're one that I have going to the Super Bowl, as Calvin knows. And uh, (laughs) Justin Herbert right now is playing like a Super Bowl-caliber quarterback. Like, I mean, he's definitely not a top-three quarterback, But, I mean, he's pushing top five. definitely say he's top eight. So uh, definitely a guy that can win a Super Bowl with the right weapons around him. And uh, they've got a great offensive line that's really developed a lot. And uh, a potent offensive attack, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler. So I expect this team to do big things, and uh, that's only going to help these players as fantasy parties. Yeah.
1: Um, I guess other guys who had good games were, um, I mean, we had, we saw it from good stuff from Aaron Rodgers and Jalen Hurts. That's not too surprising for me to those guys. Hurts had three rushing touchdowns in this one. Um, maybe some more surprising ones where, I mean, I guess Cam Newton showing what he could do on the ground with 46 rushing yards and a touchdown. Chris, I think you're talking, or I guess we're not actually talking about him later in waiver wire, but he showed Actually,
0: that- I, I added him back on, so we will be talking about him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I mean, basically, I mean, he's, the, that rushing upside that rushing floor just shows through even though he didn't really have like the he had a pretty good game I would say for his first start uh in as a, in his return to the Panthers uniform but I mean he didn't throw for like a ton of yards but it's just his rushing upside that kept him afloat and gave him a really big game this week
0: mm-hmm. yeah definitely and I think that's what it, what it's going to continue to have to be for him I mean he's not going to be a guy that's going to get you I mean two touchdowns what he had this week against Washington I think he's pushing it for what he's going to throw uh, in the passing game, 189 yards. I mean, that's probably a pretty reasonable expectation for him in weeks moving forward. It's just really going to be his rushing upside that gets him those points. And I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he continues to find the end zone pretty consistently. I mean, he's a top rushing quarterback in the league, even at uh, his age. And they're going to continue to use him in the rushing game. I mean, that's where he's most effective when he gets those option reads and he can really get down, down, uh, get going downhill, and then just kind of bulldoze guys. I mean, he's a quarterback that has. The potential to run over guys, and so I think that's really valuable, especially as you get into the red zone. So, I mean, he's just gonna continue to grow, I think, in this offense. Mm-hmm.
1: All right, what else have we got for quarterbacks? We've got Kirk Cousins at number five, mm-hmm. he was pretty good. Yeah, three touchdowns, 41 yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, against the tough green, the green bait defense has stepped up a lot the past couple of games, but Cousins kind of t- tore them up, and along with that came a great game for Justin Jefferson mm-hmm. as well.
0: And then to close it out, uh, Trevor Simeon, Taylor Heineke, and Colt McCoy. I mean this is really a week of the quarterbacks. It just shows this is why you go to the late round QB strategy because quarterbacks are so unpredictable. And I mean, or well, they are predictable, but like every single week, there's a chance that some like like a guy that you can stream with a good matchup is going to take over. And I mean, that's what we saw. Like, I mean, uh, Trevor Simeon playing against Philadelphia, a team that hasn't been great. He managed to do really well. Taylor Heineke playing against Carolina, like, these are all really good matchups, Colt McCoy against Seattle. And I think that's really the biggest thing you've got to be looking for in quarterbacks. It's not so dependent on their skill. It's just dependent on what the game flow is and just if they're getting opportunities and getting into the red zone. And I mean, the fact that we have Jalen Hurts, Cam Newton, Kirk Cousins, Trevor Simeon, Taylor Heineke, and Colt McCoy <laughs> all in the top eight. I think that really says something.
1: Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's just like a mix. There are so many different ways to go like about it and get your quarterback, but spending draft capital on a quarterback, significant draft capital in a one QB league just is almost never smart. Like we see a mix of late round guys like Jalen Hurts and Kirk Cousins. These guys were drafted who are playing well. And then guys you picked up can pick up off waiver wires, Cam Newton, Trevor Simeon, Taylor Heineke, Colt McCoy. These are all top eight quarterbacks. You could have streamed them all and had an average, average or above average week at the position and this was a good week for quarterbacks too but I mean even in the bad weeks you still have like I mean that that doesn't the bad weeks it it tends to be like those also apply to the top studs as well but it's like even in bad weeks you can usually find one or two good streaming options on the waiver wire and I mean a lot of the breakout quarterbacks like Jalen Hurts you can find them in the late rounds and when you find them one it's striking gold. Mm -hmm. Yeah
0: exactly and I think that's got to be that's the strategy for most people and I mean this week really just proves it.
1: Mhm. Yeah, we had a few guys struggle this week though. Oh boy. Yeah, this <laughs> it's getting the, that was <laughs> I was trying to lead you into it and we oh. that the disconnect was there. Mhm. Sorry guys, we're not used to this.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, this is not our normal order. I just kind of like I'm so used to playing the analyst role. But let's move on Calvin to the quarterbacks <laughs> that really struggled again proving why how important the late run QB strategy is mahomes prescott fields all guys that i know there were so many analysts in the industry that were so high on these guys and i mean prescott has been really good but mahomes and fields have not performed to uh the expectations that a lot of people had for them and that continued this week i mean they just all were not able to produce and that's i mean that's a big loss like if you have your quarterback scoring five points that's like 15 points off what you're looking for which is normally like 20 so
1: mm-hmm. yeah
0: just bad games all around
1: yeah it uh, yeah, Mahomes and Prescott, yeah, obviously two guys who were going way earlier in drafts. Fields was not, but I mean, I think mm-hmm. this is notable just mainly because, I mean, he's been a bit inconsistent, but usually his rushing upside is something that's held him up like it does for most rushing quarterbacks. So I'm I'm not worried about Mahomes or Prescott. This was an anomaly game. It was really weird, a really weird one. I think Fields is still going to be inconsistent, but he's going to give you upside with his legs, and uh, even if he sometimes makes poor decisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely all right okay
0: um (laughs) (laughs) good talk good talk um how about though let's take a look at the running backs jonathan taylor and austin eckler oh my goodness like let's just to prove how good austin eckler was despite scoring four touchdowns he didn't even finish as the number one back
1: this week my goodness that's impossible i think you're lying Exactly. It's incredible.
0: And that's just where Jonathan Taylor comes in. In our full PPR league, it was, I think, somewhere around 53
1: points. Or half PPR league, it was, like, 53 points or 52, I think.
0: Yeah, so an absolutely just dominant performance. I mean, I know some people, like, in, like, full PPR point per first down, he was going for, like, 65 and stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, just absolutely ridiculous numbers showing why. I mean, he is now clearly, I think, next year he's going to be clearly – actually. Yeah, I think next year he's going to be the number one uh, overall player and in Dynasty for sure he's now the number one overall player. And then also let's not uh, discount Austin Eckler here, who also, I mean, went ahead and just dominated in fantasy. Um, I think he was around 38 fantasy points.
1: Is that right i don't even know yeah it was something like that i think in a in our league he was which is half ppr he actually mm-hmm. might have been in the 40s but like or actually no you're right yeah i think it was around 38 but yeah it's like yeah, it, 38. he, he had like in. six catches in this one too so it was even mm-hmm. more for you in full ppr
0: yeah definitely and i mean this was all like he had 11 carries and then <laughs> had six receptions so on 17 touches to manage the score 38.5 that really says something about how much of a playmaker he is i just hope They continue to get him more involved. I mean, the fact that he only had 17 touches and he was playing that well, like they really need to feed him the ball. But uh, I mean, it just shows he's one of the best running backs in the league and for fantasy. And then also DeAndre Swift also had a huge week. So uh, a lot of big days for running backs. And um, I mean, really this young core, Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler, DeAndre Swift, maybe Eckler's not that young, but especially Taylor and Swift, that draft class was really strong. And uh, I think they're the two that have kind of stepped out as the the best in that class
1: yeah for sure i mean you still have guys you still have like guys like dobbins acres ceh in that class who are still good i mean that was a nice rb class and i mean those two kind of really showed out from the rest in You're some
0: right. ways this might sound crazy but i'm more satisfied with DeAndre Swift's performance than i am austin eckler because despite only having 14 carries he managed 136 yards that is really those are really good efficiency mm-hmm. numbers that's almost 10 yards per carry and i don't did he have a really long run? He had a but,
1: 57 yard touchdown, but even taking that out, which like, I mean, that's stupid to do. Cause I mean, it just takes out big playability. Mm-hmm. He was still 13 for 79. That is still. Yeah, nice exactly. Efficiency. So, I mean,
0: the efficiency is there with DeAndre the Swift is th- this team just needs to continue to develop offensively and he'll uh, really be a big leader for them. And so, um, I mean, just Jonathan Taylor and DeAndre Swift, I mean, they're now top five dynasty backs in my opinion, and uh, I don't see them slowing down, especially as we continue to close out the season.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. And you're right. Like, it's crazy to think, but I think Jonathan Taylor is now the early favorite to be the number one overall pick in fantasy next year. There's mm-hmm. going to be too many people not trusting Christian McCaffrey and Taylor's performance. Wow. I mean, mind bogglingly enough. I don't think, I mean, maybe this, I, the 50 point game probably put it on that level, but before the 50 point game, he wasn't even on like a McCaffrey plane of like the pace that McCaffrey usually puts up, but it's just after this, he now will be first of all. And then also he doesn't have like that, that he's not going to scare managers away with the uh, injury potential that CMC has. Mm-hmm.
0: And then one guy that disappointed Jeff Wilson returning from injury. Um, he had a big workload, but he did not do much with that
1: yeah he had 20 touches it only got 58 total yards although he dropped a touchdown pass didn't actually it wasn't dropped it hit his hands but he was like fully extended diving jimmy garoppolo missed him he was wide open no one around yeah and, but um that i mean would nonetheless this is an advantage.
0: encouraging stat line because of the workload he got and you can't expect him after being out this long with an injury to all of a sudden jump back and be the fastest guy out there and like be able to beat defenders um mm-hmm. so as he progresses back and is gets back to 100 i expect him with this kind of workload to really perform well.
1: Yeah, and I mean, Elijah Mitchell was out in this game, which is important to note. But Mm -hmm. even so, I think before the end of the season, there's a chance here. I think Jeff Wilson's the better running back. I think he could take this over. And I mean, looking at the 49ers schedule, let's listen to this. Vikings, Seahawks, Bengals, Falcons, Titans, Texans. That wraps up the fantasy season. That is a really, really good schedule for Jeff Wilson. I picked him up in the Scott Fish Bowl. Like I've stashed him basically the entire year to just wait for when he comes back so that I can have another running back. And I'm now so happy I did because I've just got one more depth piece, which is so important in that league when you have bye weeks. So if you stashed Jeff Wilson, you're probably pretty happy right now, even despite the, uh, the inefficiency because he did get targeted in the end zone and was close to having a much better game and got 20 touches. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, exactly. So just, overall really really encouraging but uh now let's head over to wide receivers um there were a lot of really great wide receivers too headlined by Justin Jefferson Devontae Adams and Elijah Moore all of them uh Elijah Moore was 0.4 off from getting uh to that big 30 number but really huge performances I mean just incredible numbers and then filling out like guys like Darnell Mooney Marcus Valdez-Scantling like There were a lot of high scores this week and a lot of people finding the end zone and uh, contributed some huge numbers. And so I'll just read off some of them. Justin Jefferson had 37.2, Devonta Adams, 30.5, Elijah Moore, 29.6, Deontay Johnson had 23.1. Darnell Mooney, who I am really high on, I just traded for him in Dynasty a few weeks ago, 23.1. Marcus Valdis (laughs) Scantling. He drives me nuts, Cal. There's, one every,
1: there's, one, know, there's one every year. There's I know, there's one
0: every single year where Marquez Valdez-Scantling goes absolutely off and no one knows how to predict it. It's very frustrating. It's just one of those players. He's kind of like Sammy Watkins a little bit.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, except it's not in week one. You just never know, know. what's going to happen. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: and then uh, Adam Thielen had 22.2, just a huge week for the Vikings receivers. I mean, Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson, they totaled, uh, what is that? That would be... Uh- Almost, uh, almost sixty fantasy points at full PPR. Oh my goodness! Yeah, huge numbers. Brandon Ayuk.
1: There he is. He's back. He's back.
0: I knew it the whole time, Calvin. I, I, I wish I could say I'd stayed on the Brandon Ayuk train this whole season, but uh, I've kind of fallen off of him. I still have him in a lot of leagues though, just because I was so high on him. So I'm happy to see him uh doing a little bit better than Terry McLaurin. Twenty-one point three.
1: That's what you're looking for from him.
0: Mike Williams had 20.7, and Jalen Waddell had 20.6. So,
1: okay, so yeah, guys, M- Mike Williams is already, I already know, is going to be one of the most overdrafted receivers la- in, in next year, and it's just going to be the exact same effect as Tyler Lockett. Because, mm-hmm. like, I talked about this on a show a couple weeks ago, it's just – First of all, Tyler Lockett has been incredibly inconsistent and been just what fantasy managers hated. And then the one game where he was being sat, everyone was, he got 12 receptions for 142 yards. So essentially, everyone forgot how much they hated having Tyler Lockett and decided that he was good based on the total points he scored, drafted him again, way overdrafted, and he was trash again. And it's the same with mm-hmm. Mike Williams. It's just. I mean, like he Mike Williams is a great player, so was Tyler Lockett, but Mike Williams had four straight terrible games, including one where last week I got burnt by picking Mike Williams as a boom pick against the Vikings, and which is who have a terrible secondary. Then against the Steelers, he just like that's such a random matchup for him to go off. Mm-hmm. Like you can't predict these players. Usable weeks is real. You're not gonna not like, get I mean, everything out of Mike and Williams. And he's not getting
0: consistent production either. I mean, despite having this huge game, he only had five catches. That's not enough of a workload where i trust him consistently and so that's just going to be an issue for him
1: yeah if he's sitting on your bench he can't help you in fantasy it's as simple Mm -hmm. as that and he was sitting on a lot of people's benches this week i'm sure of that exactly yep okay uh yeah other than that i mean Jalen waddle is actually been like really nice as like a gadget short yardage kind of player Mm -hmm. he was the wide receiver 11 um and yeah just elijah moore the breakout pat on the back for you chris who like Basically, predicted this months in advance before the Elijah Moore hype became Mm. mainstream. He was your number one, like, favorite, like, breakout wide receiver target. who was like going later from goodness going
0: back. I just loved watching his film and he's finally showing it. That is so crazy to me. Like, oh, just seeing that film translate is really awesome. Yeah. And my
1: SFB team thanks you because that was a heavy Mm -hmm. factor in me going after him in both that and spending the 109 on him in Dynasty. Mm
0: hmm. Yeah, rookie pick, not yeah, like rookie pick. Oh no,
1: no, no. <laughs> yet, I picked him over Najee Harris, Joe Mixon. I picked him over Antonio Gibson. Mm-hmm. No, I picked the one hundred and nine uh rookie pick on Elijah Moore.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's definitely worth it. Uh, yeah, and then Elijah Moore—he should be added in every single. Oh, what? Mm-hmm. I'm jumping ahead a little bit ahead to waiver wire, but uh, I can promise you guys he will make an appearance.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, of course. After that, I mean, just one
0: massive week. So
1: one thing though, like. Guys, if you're playing in a league like the Scott Fishbowl where you need high upside and need it late in the year, just go draft rookies. You know, like Mm -hmm. ever since the one thing that influenced me was when I think Ryan McDowell tweeted out a stat that was like, if SFB, 11, or SFB X final teams ha, had on mm-hmm. average like four rookies per team, and I was like, I'm gonna go get rookies, so I picked Jamar Chase, Elijah Moore, Devontae Smith, and Zach Wilson. And Zach Wilson's let's, being trash, let's be honest. But like, yeah, and I mean, how is the how have those other three worked out for me? Those were the three wide receivers I started this week, and they they were have been so good just week in week out. And like Chris and I, Chris did it too, picking like Rondale Moore. Yeah, I, Finley, got, Ronald, I mean, listen to all these guys, I got Michael I got Carter. Michael
0: Carter. Who's been great towards the end of the season? Like, and this is exactly what happened, guys. You I struggled at the beginning of the season. I started at one and four. Guess what? Then my rookie started turning it on. Michael Carr started playing really well. Najee Harris. I have Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell, who has been playing great as of late. Um, who else do I have? I have Rondale Moore, who's just been, I mean, a solid guy to have on your bench. And then Kadarius Toney, who's absolutely blown up. I mean, like, literally, Kadarius Tony, Rondale Moore. Jalen Waddell, Demonte Smith, Najee Harris, and Michael Carter have all outperformed expectations from where they were drafted.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's like every single one of them. It's just like, yeah, rookies have just, like, a very high and success now, rate, I mean, and it's not even limited to the SFB. Like, any league that you're in, if you want to get upside in league, winning upside, and round into form at the perfect time like we're doing... Guys, Chris has won six games in a row. I've won... I'm, not, I'm trying to think. Ever since my one-and-one start, I guess I've gone six and three, put up the most points in my division for, like, the third time this season this week. Like but it doesn't like in a league like that the nice part though is that like it, as long as you're scoring points your record doesn't matter too much but like we're just we're rounding into form at the perfect time and now it's looking like we're both going to be like pretty highly ranked by the end of the season with playoff spots in it like because taking chances on rookies is so worth it and it's mm-hmm. it's paying off right now
0: exactly yeah and i mean we yeah both of our teams are just rounding into form at the absolute perfect time and uh that's why i think that that's really the best strategy to go with. I mean, you look at it, like literally every single, I mean, if you pick the right rookies and watch your film, there is so much upside and it's going to be tough at the beginning of the season. I was worried when I was one in four and SFP, but look at what happened. Kadarius, Tony started showing up. I mean, and like Michael Carter, all of a sudden becomes a breakout RB. Jalen Waddle has just been consistently good. Devontae Smith has been good all season. Like, I mean, Right now I have Kadarius, Tony, and Rondale Moore sitting on my bench because and Brandon Ayuk, because I don't even have places for them. Like I am so deep right now at wide receiver because of all these rookies that I drafted that ended up playing really well that like I'm set for pretty much like anything as I head down towards the end of the season.
1: Yeah. And I mean it's like it doesn't necessarily have to be like a trade-off too. Like my team was a bit inconsistent the beginning of the year for sure. I mean, but like as long as you stack it with the right guys obviously just like going with upside in general in that type of league helps, but you just gotta, I mean, get, you, get your guys, get your early round RBs to hold it down. Get like, uh-huh. like I got Zeke Chubb and DeAndre Swift in this league. I decided to wait a little bit on quarterback and that's hurt me some weeks, but it's been fine because I mean, some weeks I've had like only one quarterback and I had to only start Joe Burrow, but those like, it, it, it my rookies can sometimes bring me back and they have saved me time and time again because when you need high upside from like little known guys, you can get those, you know you're getting those consistent points from your three rbs and then you have someone like jamar chase who can just go crazy any week it's just like that week winning upside is the reason like i've scored like i I think like there's like three different times this season i've had the most points in my entire division it can be inconsistent sometimes but i mean if you ride through the rough patches it like drafting rookies early round rb late round quarterback tight end early or late tight end early or never like these are the core foundations. I I feel like we're like doing a next year preview show. We kind of jumped way off topic, Mm -hmm. but (laughs) whatever it's fine. Yeah. That was important information to share. And we're both about to be seven and four. We'll keep you updated as the season goes along.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. But I mean, yeah, that's definitely the strategy. Like Calvin and I, our teams has just been performing like incredibly well. And I don't think see why that's going to slow down. It's just all thanks to these rookies and I mean, it's going to take a while, but trust me, it's worth it in the end mm-hmm. for sure.
1: All right. Um, yeah. And buying lo- like if you're in a redraft league trading for rookies midseason, that's the strategy trading mm-hmm. for underperforming rookies picking them up when they're done like even think about last year like Jonathan Taylor Cam Akers DeAndre Swift all of these guys going crazy at the end of the year I mean you could have like Cam Akers was being dropped you could have picked him up and had great games from him it's just like that's just what happens and then receivers too, like Jerry or not Jerry G, Justin Jefferson T Higgins all of these guys uh breaking out last year Brandon Iuke of course like just there have been so many like rookies have a very high success rate and so much upside. Mm-hmm. Do you want to move into uh wide receiver busts though sure all right let's go yeah now finally we're back on topic here that was mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. important information though mm-hmm. okay all right go ahead okay so some
0: wide receiver busts: uh michael pittman t higgins Randy cooks two catches each that's just really disappointing i mean a lot of them have been coming off of big weeks um it seems like t higgins might be starting to fade out of this offense a little bit too like just he the production hasn't been there this season but I do expect Michael Pittman to rebound a little bit better. I mean, I think this ga- game really just came down to game spare. They just fed Jonathan Taylor the ball, and that was working. So I wouldn't yeah. be too disappointed with that result. I mean, I think he's – I don't think it's too much to worry about. And then Brandon Cooks, I mean, that one's a little bit more surprising to me. But, like, the Texans – The Titans, Texans were winning I mean, this one too. Yeah, the, the Texans, like, they just – the game script was different. They're not used to being like being up so much. And Brady cooks is going to thrive when his team is down and he has to get like a ton of different catches, you know? So, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. I mean, he got 14 targets the week before. I mean, if your trade deadline hasn't passed, I think it's still a good time to buy low. That was pretty surprising. Mm-hmm. I agree with you that Pittman bounces back. This was against a tough Buffalo defense and came down to game script as well. And T Higgins, he does still have that safe PPR floor somewhat, but it's like with Jamar chase there, it's not going to be like necessarily in every game thing, but I mean, the last three games, he had six catches, four catches, seven catches. He hasn't been too bad. He just he doesn't have a ton of touchdown upside either. So, I mean, Jamar Chase has definitely hurt him for sure. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, this, this is going to happen sometimes. The Bengals' offense is getting more and more crowded. And then yep. DK Metcalf just mm-hmm. struggled this week, four for 31. Yeah, uh, he's it's just, just a Seattle wide receiver beating. inconsistency. Mm hmm. Yep. It's like a
0: weekly thing. I mean, at this point he just continues to struggle and I don't see why, I mean, people are, I think are expecting way too much from him. Like he's going to start turning things around, but I think it's really becoming a concern where he's just so inconsistent.
1: Yeah. I mean, actually, I mean, I guess DK hasn't necessarily like his catches haven't been like that consistent. It's only really been the last two weeks for him that he's really been struggling, but I mean, it's usually one of DK or Tyler Lockett who doesn't put up a big game. And Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe like, I mean, they do, but it's like, Again, hard to rely on. And I think DK has been a little more inconsistent because he gets, he's more of the primary red zone threat a lot of the time. And he's more of like the safe, like you just throw it to him like a ton when you're losing kind of guy, than Tyler Lockett. But like, even so they can both be inconsistent. That's definitely true. All right. I want to move into tight end reactions before we wrap up with waiver wire. Sure. I
0: don't know if you guys heard that. Sorry. My sister came down.
1: Uh, I heard faintly, but I think it's
0: all good. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that. So, yeah, let's move into tight ends where Kyle Pitts, after having his huge game, struggled a little bit, three for 29. But I mean, this entire team struggled. And I think that was the big problem there.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it, that was a weird game. He's had 24 targets the previous three games. He's going to be all right. That was, mm-hmm. m- maybe yeah, don't start him fine. next week. But he, and he, enough with Zach Sackers. Really
0: I mean, it's oh, really wow. awesome to see him thriving in Arizona this week. He had eight catches for 88 yards and two touchdowns. Whew, great that this good. is against a, a team with, I mean, It's been struggling in coverage, Seattle. I mean, that's one of their biggest concerns is just their ability to cover the tight ends. So, um, this isn't us, this is a really good matchup for him. I wouldn't expect him to continue to be like a top 10 tight end, I'd say, but this is definitely really encouraging. I mean, if he's not rostered in your league, definitely go ahead and pick him up. Uh, I think he's rostered in most leagues at this point. And, uh, but Mm -hmm. yeah, he's obviously starting to gain a big role in this offense.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's 22 catches in his five games with Arizona so far. I mean, it's not been, again, the most consistent thing, but he can be a guy who's plug-and-played. I mean, this trade has really just helped him. He's flourished in his uh, new environment with Arizona, and it's helped the Cardinals as well. hmm Yep. Okay. I guess that wraps up reactions then. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> oh, man, the transitions are still shaky. Yeah. Uh, man. I'm oh, wait. Not... Oh, no, no,
0: no. We need Dan Arnold. We did Dan Arnold. Oh yeah, you literally just said him. Ooh. Okay.
1: rusty. Ooh. <laughs> Sorry, guys. All right, yeah. Um, hopefully we'll be less rusty on Wednesday for the uh, Thanksgiving show, which I'm so excited for. By the way, do you yeah. want me to click the drop? Mm. Uh, yes. Let's. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, <goodness. laughs> so out of sync right now.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Okay.
0: Um, it's like riding your bike with like the handlebars crossed.
1: <laughs> like, it really is oh no <laughs> like you just like whoa i just clicked it and you kept talking and i was like whoa what is going on here did i click it too soon i clearly did i have no but you were you haven't been there for this but like i a couple times when i've been doing solo shows i have like cut myself off by accidentally clicking while i'm still talking like i've done that <laughs> multiple times it's kind of depressing when that happens also <laughs> i don't think i actually told you the story uh i gotta tell you after the show because i already told the listeners but of how i accidentally okay, can published hear I accidentally published the um my French podcast in place of this sh- this podcast for like twelve hours. <laughs> I'll I'll tell you more after because I told the whole story on a show. If you if you um go back, oh, no. let me find it. it. It's not there anymore. I replaced it obviously, but oh, it was my. like oh it was oh it was the um week ten and reactions plus week ten eleven waiver wire show. If you want to hear that story, that's the beginning of that, and I'll mm-hmm. tell you more about it, Chris. After, but I mean uh-huh. we've already gone off track enough this show. Let's get into waiver wire. Calvin, this is very bad, though. What?
0: Michael Carter is out two to three weeks with a high angle sprain.
1: Oh, my goodness. Does that mean Ty Johnson needs to be picked up? Does that mean he's the new Maybe. number one waiver wire ad? Mm-hmm. Wow. Ooh, man, if it, it wasn't, wasn't for your all your depth from all your rookies, you'd be screwed in SFB. Fortunately, you have Kadarius Tony and Brandon Ayuk.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's what's <laughs> so nice. I just have all these rookies. And right now, I'm in a really good position. Wait, SFB works like if you're top six in your division in terms of record, you get
1: in, right? No, it's like it's it's top record and then top point scorer and then like in in the in each division i think and then like regardless of division although i mean it's basically it ends up being by division anyway it's like the next two best records and the next two point scores so i mean i don't know just check i would check the playoff picture wait, wait, if I were so you. like oh wait I, I don't
0: I, I, <laughs> actually wait let's see it live on this
1: page i need to see where i am where it's I'm not right. updated for this week but right now you're not in the I, I need right now, neither of us were in the playoff picture, but I think we both will be really
0: despite being seven and four.
1: Well, right now, six and four, but yeah, it's like because it's about the like, it's about the points. Like, here, I'll show you. Let me go look at mine. It's like, so, so the top if you team... have a
0: if you have a if you have the best record in your division, then you get in.
1: Yeah, best record, best points, then two more best records, then two more best points. Like, and is yeah. that from each division? Pretty much. I mean, not it says by conference, but like it ends up being because everyone has the same players, it basically ends up being by division.
0: Mm -hmm. I think so. Like you have to finish with a top three record in your division to.
1: Yeah, or like top three points, or I mean, and it doesn't necessarily have to be top three. Like if one of the top records has the top points, then it could be like top four. Kind of slightly confusing. I just check the playoff picture site every week to make to see whether I'm in or not. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Okay. Um, So do you want to do waiver wire? Yeah. Okay. Uh, do you want to go first it. or should I? Uh, Yeah, you can go first. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. So obviously pick up Ty Johnson. We just got this news live on the show. Mm-hmm. Number one though is uh, Elijah Moore, rostered in 40.8% of ESPN leagues, but should, I mean, so I'm making the exception for rostered in 40% or less of leagues like we usually do because he should be added in every league. Has scored four mm-hmm. touchdowns in his last three weeks, had 19 catches, topped 100 yards, un- topped 140 yards this game. He's been great. Devontae Freeman at 19 touches this week. He has actually been like slowly taking over that lead role for Baltimore. He should be added. Adam Troutman getting good work. Chris, your sleeper pick, doing Mm -hmm. some work. Getting like like, five for 56 in a score or something this week. That's been good. And then just AJ Green and Rondale Moore, two guys that have been quietly productive for Arizona. Sometimes it's hard to know who it's going to be A.J. Green's had a couple bust weeks as of late, but he usually gets a pretty consistent target share. And Rondale Moore caught 11 passes for 51 yards this week. So mm-hmm. uh, that was a Colt McCoy to Rondale Moore type of game. So, yeah, I mean, those are the guys you should go pick up uh, on your waiver wires. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely.
0: Um, I've got Elijah Moore and then Devontae Freeman as my number one and two. So same exact as Calvin. I mean, they're just like, they're kind of, I think, a little bit above everyone else. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm going to say. Like, they're just especially for this week these are the guys that you want to be spending the big bucks on and then if you can't get them adam troutman is a nice consolation he's a really good uh filler for a tight end spot that i mean it's inconsistent every single year and i mean if you're really in need of a boom pick or like some guy if you think you're like especially if you're going into like monday night or something and you need a big tight end i mean adam troutman's gonna be that guy because he's a really good red zone threat and he seems to be keep on having these big games where he blows up definitely worth an ad and then cam newton I mean, also 40.9%, so I'm uh, cheating a little bit, but I thought it was okay because we did Elijah Moore. Mm. I mean, he could very well end up being a top-10 quarterback. Like, with his rushing upside, it's definitely worth an add. I mean, if, it, it's great for bye weeks. It's great for injuries, you know, like – streaming we see, like, Lamar Jackson matchups. out, um, who was out also this week. Tyler Murray, like, you're if you're in Jared need Goff. of a quarterback <laughs> – Yeah, Jared Goff. Go, <laughs> I mean, seriously, him. go ahead and grab Cam Newton. And then Rondale Moore, who – um. Just still isn't adding off leagues,
1: and he continues to get a ton of targets. So, go ahead and okay. pick him up. I mean, honestly, handcuffing QBs might be the strategy. Just go get Tim Boyle to handcuff uh <laughs> Jared Goff, and then Colt McCoy. I mean, but mm-hmm. Colt McCoy, Trevor Simeon, Taylor Heineke, Cam Newton—they're exactly. all no, replacing injured. No, quarterbacks. Trevor
0: Simeon has saved me in SFB because <laughs> I had James, my only two quarterbacks were Jameis Winston and Lamar Jackson. And when Jameis Winston got injured, I Taysom Hill was already picked up. I was so scared, but I was just like throwing darts. I'm like, please hope that somehow Trevor Simeon remains the starting quarterback. And he did. And he's been really successful in that
1: role. So uh, that's. Yeah, guys, four of the top eight quarterbacks this week were backups. I think you need to handcuff QBs. Mm-hmm. In the <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, seriously. but I mean, entering this week, it was for me too. Like, I was stuck with Joe Burrow, Zach Wilson, and Ryan Fitzpatrick. So essentially, just Joe Burrow for the entire season. And mm-hmm. then I grabbed Joe Flacco and Case Keenum because I was just like, I'm so tired of not having quarterbacks. Please just give me some luck. And then Joe Flacco gave me 19 and a half fantasy points in SFP scoring. So that was actually nice to have a second quarterback for once. Mm -hmm. Just looking at my lineup, it looks so much better with two QBs. Oh, Mm -hmm. man. Yeah, so great. But in SFB, the, uh, the one good part though is that you can still win with one quarterback because what I found with Zach Wilson was that he often had a tendency with the scoring, which tends to be very boomer bust, to put up lots of negative games, and he still has negative total points on the season. So thanks Zach Wilson for screwing me over in week two, <laughs> and in like other any week I started him basically,
0: <laughs>
1: and the one week he did well, he was on my bench. He's the Tyler Lockett of quarterbacks.
0: <laughs> okay,
1: all right, that's it, Chris. You want to uh,
0: roll the credits? oh yeah oh, oh goodness uh, this might be really bad um make sure to uh check us out or well to, good start like, review us <laughs> and like watch and download on every single podcast that you can think of because we're probably on it um email us at second at if you have questions we'd love to answer questions dm calvin on twitter dm me on twitter i mean i'd say go to calvin because i am very rarely on twitter but uh I'll probably find out some way or another if you do DM me. And I mean, obviously, I am the more accurate ranker. I mean, not I after you know. this year.
1: Once we're did once we do the end of year
0: show, we're As bringing we back. Know, the- I am the more accurate time, ranker. So if you like are really in need of advice, it might be a little bit slower, but you can go ahead and DM me. I'll answer slower at some is point. always
1: better, according to you. <laughs> Well, I mean, no, you, the, if you want the
0: fast, slow and wins the race. I'm Kevin, I'm the slow in the steady. I might respond slower, but my answers are more consistent and they're just better. You're, in you're general, slow. So.
1: All right. Mm-hmm. Was, wow. <laughs> oh boy. That was, that was mean. No, that I'm was a little bit harsh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, Chris, you, you did win the accuracy contest. So you mm-hmm. yeah, technically yeah, I the better that little clip. Uh, yeah. Until, until January, when we um find out who won our, this year's rankings, which should be me, despite my um, Kenny Galladay pick. Remember, mm-hmm. when, remember when I ranked Kenny Galladay as the wide receiver 11 for fantasy?
0: Yeah, I remember when I had Ben Ayuk as my wide receiver 14.
1: <laughs> no, the funniest thing is, like, most of the people I talk to, like, don't know I do the podcast. But I still have people at school who make fun of me for loving Kenny Galladay. Because I just talk about him so much. And they don't even know I have a show. It's just like, <laughs> Calvin, how did Kenny Galladay do this week? Like, it's like, literally, I might be obsessed or something. I don't even know. I, I clearly <laughs> talked about him too much. And mm-hmm. looked stupid. But Jamar Chase, I was right. Boom. I can't wait to play back our bold takes at the end of the season. That's going to be so fun.
0: hmm oh. Yeah. Oh, oh my man. goodness. <sighs> wait, what did I say, Calvin? Henry like Ruggs and Hunter Renfro would finish higher than John Brown.
1: Oh, man. Wait. Oh, my gosh. And well, Henry Ruggs know,
0: why- literally managed to get arrested and missed half the season, and he's still going to do better than John Brown did.
1: Yeah, wait. John Brown has zero fantasy points at the moment, so I think I lost that bold take.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wait. Why did John yeah, Brown that was get like
1: embarrassingly called? bad? Well, yeah, your bold take was John Brown will finish behind Darren Waller, Henry Ruggs, and Hunter Renfro. I mean, well, that take was like thinking back on it was actually like kind of like a chalky take. It was just in in combating me. It was like John Brown, wide receiver, forty.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: It was necessary.
1: Yeah, and I'm at Calvin underscore SGF on Twitter, by the way. Chris is at Chris. Yeah, I feel like shit.
0: it was the most Links ridiculous the thing game. ever, too. That was the it, funny part. It
1: was. I don't understand. John Brown was supposed to be the wide receiver of one.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I never said he'd finish ahead of Darren Waller for the record, just for those of you who are new. <laughs> oh, man. John Brown and Kenny Galladay. Wow. Two epic fails. I think Kenny Galladay is going to be a value next year in drafts. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay anyway uh anything else you want to add chris before we go uh i don't think so okay lead us out
0: okay wait what else do i have to do
1: i don't know just right, how are you gonna end the show before i start um, playing the intro or the outro um oh man thank you guys so for funny. listening
0: um i am the better ranker than calvin and i uh, will see you guys next time